This is a Crow's Nest podcast. I don't understand why Zoom feels the need to yell at me every time. It's like, I obviously voluntarily hit the record button, Zoom. I know that I want to record. But uh, anyway, hello and welcome to like the four people that are going to be listening to this. Uh, a brand new podcast where me and my best friend, Gally, watch our way through the <laughs> incredible amount of animated Disney classics there are. I didn't write down how many there were, but there's like... I think there's over 60. There's so many. Over 60. There has to be. Again, I didn't bother counting. But then yeah. you add in all the modern ones that have come out in the past, like, X many years or what have you. And it's like, there have been so many. How many Disney animated classics? 62. That's so man, and there's more coming out. Yeah, every Disney movie is a Disney classic. Oh, now it feels like. Well, well, I do wonder about that because there is the very specific Disney animated classic. Does that make mm. a difference? I don't know that it does. That's a good distinction that we should probably make for what we're watching. Are yeah. we watching just the animated classics? I think so, because when I Googled Disney animated classics, originally that's what I looked up, and I think that is the 62. Yeah. The original 62 films. That's the list that I'm looking at. I was gonna... I wanted to pitch including Mary Poppins and Bedknobs and Broomsticks, because Ooh. they're partially animated. I think that we can count that. Awesome. That's mostly because, selfishly, I really love those two movies. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen bed bed knobs and broomsticks in it. forever. Let's right. let's get our Dick Van Dyke on. Let's watch both of those. And we lost we lost dear Angela recently. Yeah. Angela Lansbury. She's amazing. Yeah. She was amazing. You know what she would really have improved? What? Snow White. You know what? You're right. <laughs> this movie was so I hadn't seen Snow White in so long. I genuinely can't remember how old I was when I saw it. Like, like, I was definitely still a minor the last time that I saw Snow White. And I now remember why I've been sleeping on it for so long, because it's so fucking boring. You're sleeping on it like Snow White. Legit. Well, like Snow White was for about 12 seconds of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Do we want to get into it? Let's just get right into it, because I have a lot to say, and I have a lot of notes, and I'm going to get way ahead of myself if I just start talking, and I'm going to get mad. <laughs> All right. Gally wrote us some summaries. She wrote us, apparently, you wrote us a nice one, and then you wrote us a a not nice one. I wrote one that I would say is probably polite, and then (laughs) I wrote one with my true feelings. So the question is- That's what I did for mine as well. Oh, there we go. So the question is, which which do you want me to start with? Ooh, I think we start with the Disney version. I think we start with the nice version, and then we go into the true feeling, and then, then you show us your true colors. I've I'll show you all the colors of my wind. Oh, that sounds naughty. Hey. <laughs> all right. Well, then let's let's get into what Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs is all about. Or not about. <laughs> so Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs is Disney's first major motion picture and was released in 1937 to quite the fanfare. The plot is familiar to us all. A young girl is threatened to be killed by a hunter, hired by a queen jealous of her beauty. The girl flees the murder attempt and seeks refuge in the forest, where she happens upon an abandoned house. But nay, tis not abandoned, as seven old dwarves inhabit it, and they happily allow Snow White to stay and be house mom. Eventually, the queen learns that Snow White is alive and does her best to put a stop to it. 
The queen transforms into an evil witch and tempts Snow White with a poison apple. Snow White takes her fateful bite, and the witch claims that only true love's kiss will save her. The seven dwarves arrive just in time to chase the old witch off a cliff and start the long trend of Disney deaths where the main villain dies by falling. Unfortunately, (laughs) Unfortunately, they think all is lost with Snow White and bury her in a crystal coffin so all the forest can bask in her beauty. Luckily, Snow White's prince arrives at just the right time and delivers true love's kiss, thus waking the girl and reuniting the couple to live happily ever after. I hate this so much. Well, would you like to hear my true? Yes, summary? but the the ironic, that's not ironic. The funny part about the whole thing is that based on the nice version, I already hate it. But I mean, I've seen this movie before, so I knew that I hated it, but it's kind of like, Oh, geez, so there's a murder attempt already, and then uh, more kissing sleeping people. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm also curious, are you familiar with the original Grim, Grim fairy tale? Because I will be honest, not I, really. I think it was more violent. There was more it was in super it violent, but I, I don't, okay, I'm gonna look that. I, I, it's in the same way that the, that the, like the Cinderella one was absolutely bonkers, but yeah. And then the little mermaid. Just, yeah. This one I remember. Yeah. I kind of vaguely remember a queen is sewing. She pricks her finger, falls in the snow, wishes for a daughter mirror. She gets envious, orders her there. I don't know. I, I, it's mostly the same plot, I think. Ooh, wait, it, no, that adds like an extra level to know that the evil queen is actually Snow White's mom. I think that it is. And also when we go down here, it's a little bit more literal and like he doesn't just true love's kiss her. I think it's like he dislodges the apple that had gotten stuck in her throat. Like it's super Oh, literal. he he true love Heimlich maneuvers <laughs> he, her is what he does. He, so he basically, he, so he's, he, he's crossing bases already. <laughs> yeah, that's basically where it is. Oh, oh yeah. And then as the punishment for the murder of Snow White, the prince orders the queen to wear a pair of red hot iron slippers and to dance in them until she drops dead. Wow. You know, there was a lot of dancing in this movie. There was a lot of dancing. That. Which, okay, what, I'm, I'm getting Okay, okay, I'm sorry. We are getting way ahead of ourselves because I also have 1,400 things. What is your true feeling, thought? Because I have a feeling it's going to encapsulate a lot of what I was going to say anyway. All right. So I will admit that the summary is a little bit longer, so bear with me here. I think my true feelings one is like three times longer than the short one because I was like, short one, boo, real feelings. Ah! Yeah. All right. So for those of you who have seen Snow White, hopefully you relate to this summary a little bit more. (laughs) Snow White and the Seven Dwarves is about a floaty 14-year-old who gets lost in the forest, finds a house, and immediately claims squatter's rights, even though it's clearly inhabited. (laughs) I have to assume that her fragrance of choice is eau de deer piss due to the sheer number of wild animals that she attracts. (laughs) She wastes time ordering around seven height-challenged horny old men battling dementia while her prince boyfriend is probably on Fire Island hanging with the boys. There's also this jealous beauty enthusiast who wants Snow White to get off her proverbial yard and she thinks the best way to take her down is through edibles. But like super strong edibles the type where if you ask how much is in them the baker just giggles the beauty enthusiast decides that the way to gain snow white's trust is to be an ugly old person who sounds like they're battling dementia because apparently that's what snowy is into in the final 10 minutes of the movie 
the entire plot that we all remember actually takes place. Snow White eats the apple because she's a dumb 14-year-old and maybe on coke. Because, I mean, sure, her name could be due to her skin, but why else would a nubile young girl hang around a bunch of gross old men unless they were giving her drugs? I have Uh, a second reason, but we'll get to that. Ooh, can't wait to hear that. But unfortunately, the edible was too strong and Snow White passes out into the deepest, most peaceful sleep of her life. All of the animals get the wrong idea and force the old men to leave their job early because House Mom got a little too high and is now sleeping on the couch. Beauty enthusiast dies the most ugly death, being chased by a bunch of sweaty old tiny men and tripping backwards off a cliff. The old men don't understand decomposition and put Snow White (laughs) in a clear coffin so all of the forest can watch her rot. Prince gets back from his trip looking toned and tan, finds Snow White, and gives her a pity kiss because she's the only woman he's ever loved, which, once again, she's 14. 14. Snow White wakes up and the entire forest rejoices while the prince continues to repress his sexuality for a little while longer. Absolutely nothing of interest happens in this movie for one hour and ten minutes until the part we all remember happens and then it ends. So what I got from this is the moral of the story is don't be ugly and watch your edible dosing. Uh, Yeah, and apparently wear lipstick and mascara at all times because everyone in, except for the dwarves, but every other character in this movie is always wearing well, I mean, you know, I'm surprised that you bring that up because you and yeah. I are in full drag makeup right now. I mean, we're Obviously. wearing our massive three pairs of lashes as normal. I'm wearing three shades of MAC red lipstick because I don't go out without it. I'm wearing four shades, but that's because I ran out of room on the upper set of lips and there is always another pair. <laughs> wearing it on your downstairs lips. Why not? Uh, I... I want to go to the opening scene of this movie, not the book, but like mm-hmm. when the queen is talking to the mirror, two things. The first thing she says is slave in the magic mirror. Yeah. Slave in the magic mirror. The, and I I looked up the Wikipedia because that is where all good facts come from. And it says here that the magic mirror contains her familiar demon. But when you call something a slave. Yeah. And I was kind of thinking that, like, she's using the magic mirror as, like, a therapy replacement. Yeah, very much so. But it's it's not good that there's an inanimate object that you're forcing to be your slave and, like, listen to your personal issues. I think between that and making your stepdaughter a servant, those are not great coping mechanisms. No, I'm going to assume that, like, she peaked in high school and that's exactly why <laughs> Ugh, probably she's like she's i'm asking. so jealous she used to have to ask her friends for that it was like guys i'm the prettiest girl in school right but then her friends got tired of her so now she just has to ask this poor demon who's like dude i can't even get out of here for another 300 years wait no she's magical what do you think about the idea that she had one of those high school friends and was like hey you get in my mirror like she possibly transform it is this that's entirely possible. No, nah, the Brothers Grimm, they don't go into whether or not the demon used to work for the witch or anything like that. Ugh. It just happens to be there, which is good and fun. But, like, it makes sense, though, because the queen is all drama in this entire thing. Like, instead of, she's, like, later on when she's, like, I need to disguise myself, which makes sense. Instead of, like, putting on yeah. a wig and a cloak, she's, like, I'm going to make a spell. Yeah. 
and do it that way. And instead of being like, hey, dude, could you like bring this teenager somewhere and just abandon her? She's stupid. She'll get lost. She's like, how about you kill her, cut out her heart, which is gruesome AF, and put it in this intense jewel velvet lined box and bring it to me. It's like, this is a lot. This is a lot. Yeah, that's a lot to ask. That's a lot lot to to ask. That's a very nice box. Was she expecting the velvet box to be destroyed by the heart? Because that's a that's a bit of a gooey gift. Ew, I also had that question as well, because it's again, as you said, it's a very nice it is a very nice box. And then he's just gonna bring it back absolutely disgusting, which we find out he does, but with a pig heart, which I think is very funny in a sense. That was like, the most beautiful pig on the farm, too. You know, you know, he found the prize hog and was like, did. "Well, let me just put some mascara and bright red lipstick on this pig." And but, like, why didn't he run away too? Like, they were already in the woods. He could have just like taken off, right? Like, he actually, he really should have because someone <laughs> should have been around to help this poor young child. Because right, otherwise, like- she's just going to go into houses. Yeah, because clearly the prince came from somewhere. Like, he was on a horse. Horses don't go that far. So, like, he came from somewhere, clearly. Also, I want to know where he came from, number one. Number two, why do people just follow singing? Because he followed Snow White, a 14-year-old singing in the highest possible pitch. And then instead of, like, knocking on the castle door and being like, I am a fellow prince, let me in, he's like, why don't I scale a wall like I'm breaking into a blockbuster's after hour and creep on this chick? I don't know. This also, he's first. supposed to be like 30. Yeah. It's uh, actually, you know, that kind of represents the real life relationship of um, the girl who uh, was the model for Snow oh, White yeah. in Disney. Yeah. So. The way this whole thing worked is uh, Walt hired this young girl who I think was also 14 to basically dress up and do the um, poses and everything like that so that the animators could watch her. And uh, that's that's what we're seeing for our frames for Snow White. Sure. So this 14 year old girl uh, developed a relationship. I'm using biggest quotes I possibly can with one of the animators who was like 29 or something like that. I want to say it was Art Babbitt baby they got married when she turned 17 so oh. weirdly <laughs> I yeah think i that, mean art yeah. babbitt 1932 uh i'm looking for this woman this girl this girl's poor girl's name but i can't find it in the wiki right now yeah it was like the snow white muse that's unsurprising but, but gross yeah and that was that was also a big uh trend for early disney films was i I remember they did it for alice in wonderland too where they bring in um a young girl Mm -hmm. to dress up and then get the poses that way yeah just fascinating from a life drawing perspective it is real real creepy i mean and it's, it's only creepy when you do ridiculous shit like start dating them it's not inherently creepy to be like hey we're making a movie about a 10 year old in a poofy dress who jumps around an amusement park looking place you're a 10 year old if we put a poofy dress in, on you will you jump around a playground for a bit so that we can see what it looks like when a kid like tries to jump unsuccessfully off the monkey bars oh, it's yeah. kind of like that makes more sense to me as you know where it's kind of like that to me is innocuous where it's like i am a 33 year old 
I wouldn't be able to be a very convincing movement model for like a seven-year-old, even if I filmed myself, because I just don't move in the same way. Mm-hmm. So I understand that. It becomes creepy when she is no longer just your animated model. That's the problem. Yeah. There's a lot of really creepy things that happen in early, early Disney animation studios. Dude, it is true. Like, the more you learn about, uh, here we go. I found her, by the way. Her name is Marge Champion. I love that. Marge she, Champion, the grandmother of Sam Champion. She was married to Art Babbitt in 1937. Uma. She was born in 1919. That made her um, 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, 18 years old. And I have a feeling that they met just a little before that. Because, I mean, it says here that she was hired at 14. So they met. Yeah. They met when she was 14 and married when she was 18. That's disgusting. Also, she's very beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. No, she was she was uh, Disney's child model inspiration for Snow White. So they absolutely met while um, mm-hmm. Babbitt was sketching her. This They're... was her darling. Yeah. <clears throat> By the way, can we... Sorry. Oh. I was going to bring up the voice actress really quick. Yeah. I was going to bring up the singing voice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the speaking and singing voices, Adriana Casalotti. Can I just say, like, how nice would it be to get cast in a movie because your daddy's on the phone being like, gosh, I really wish we could find a girl with a voice who can sing, see? And you're just like, oh, daddy, how about me? La, 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 la. Ah, she's perfect. It's so, like, the way I described it was a sweet vibrato little lamb girl voice. It's really, it's difficult to do, by the way. Like, if you don't know anything about singing... Um, and I'm not great at, ex- at explaining it, but like in order to get those high, high, like nasally pitches, you kind of have to like pinch somewhere in your throat a little bit off just to explain that in order to get that high and that nasally, if I try to mimic it, I'm putting in a, a lot of effort because she's so high pitched. And so I'm moving away from the mic because I'm going to actually try it, but she gets so high. She goes like, I'm missing. And it's so up in the back of my nose right now. Mm-hmm. And it's taking so much of my air. It's exhausting. They're sing a whole song that way. It's like, that's so much. But if that's your natural voice, good for you. Do you have any idea what the mics were like back then? Because I wonder, I always wonder if some of it is, um, some of the reason that we have higher pitches or these kind of weird pitches when we're listening to older movies Mm -hmm. is because of the mic quality. Yeah. I, I, yeah, because I think before um, we we hit recording, um, I was talking to you about this, where it's like, I can't tell exactly how much of it is due to the fact that this was recorded in the 30s, and how much of it is due to the fact that, like, people can slash do sing, like, you know, the, the the Disney princess way of singing is high vibrato. It's, it's based off of that, like, even doing, like, a Giselle thing, which is, you know, done by Amy Adams, a modern performer, it's still yeah. so high. Yeah. It's a very particular way of singing. And, you know, it obviously very much started this. Yeah. I guess it's, this movie is kind of interesting in the way that absolutely nothing happens in it no. for the majority of the movie, movie. And yet it is so iconic that there's so many like different little pieces that have now gotten into the just regular lexicon. You know, the Disney princess singing, mm-hmm. the Disney princess look and movement and floatiness animals like being friends with animals i would say um, there is a lot of precedent set yeah absolutely the disney death mm-hmm. that 
most action in this movie happens no in like parents or no parents in this case but like at least lacking one parent yeah but you were saying that like evil stepmother in the original grim fairy tale was it's like a weird wishing. mom yeah yeah very so, wishy oh this is a jealous mom I I also made a note here that the uh, queen has the definition of resting bitch face and Snow White has resting infant face. Yes. Uh, sorry, before we m- move along, I just found a quote speaking of how that singing was very... Apparently, her high-pitched voice also caused misgivings among the animators, with Disney himself admitting that her singing would irritate. I'm so annoyed about the specific look and vision that I'm going for in my head. How very dare you. Right. Hey, you, who I cast for (laughs) sounding like this. God, that's annoying. God. Uh, uh, I brought up the, uh, where the dwarves, I just, they have to be the richest people in oh. the world because i was just i'm sorry i know this is hopping around a little bit because i was thinking about the songs by the <laughs> way there's so many songs i wrote down all the um the songs with words in it and a lot of them as you mentioned are super iconic i'm wishing is the one that we all kind of remember um one song the princess song is super boring um the one that i also don't remember that much is with a smile and a song that's like the in the woods song then there's whistle while you work everyone knows that fucking song mm-hmm. then there's hi ho which everyone also knows the washing song, which was stupid, and but the silly song, I also remember. So, <clears throat> oh, I... and then someday my prince will come. Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. The last I absolutely one. have to include that. So I um, I have a vague memory that should probably have been backed up by actual facts, but I think that the first time that this movie was released, there was uh the entire dancing musical number was cut out from it, where she, huh. she and the dwarves are dancing around which I think was part of the like washing up song. This is the, um, the one I was just, it was called the silly song. The silly song. That comes right after the washing song. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that one, yeah, that, that was the, like the long musical number in this one. Yeah. I don't know. I probably should have backed this up with more research, but, um, the, the cuts that they made are pretty phenomenal. Uh, sorry, I, for mm-hmm. all you listeners out there, this is a visual element that I just wanted to show Alexia because look at the gorgeous lipstick that the prince is wearing. That's what I was saying. Everyone in this movie wears mascara and lipstick, including yeah. the prince, including Snow White, including the queen. I'm pretty sure the huntsman was definitely wearing some kind of nude lip. Like everyone except for the dwarves was wearing makeup. Every yeah. single person. Maybe the dwarves should have worn makeup. I mean... I mean, they can't, they work, they work in the world's most packed, rich diamond mine. Hey, speaking of, speaking of songs and what they actually do, did you catch this line uh, when we first meet the dwarves and they're, I think it was the, was it hi-ho, hi-ho, off to work we go? I don't remember. There's a line in this song that is, we don't know what we dig them for, where they're talking about digging up all of the crystals. These dwarves have a meaningless existence. Like, they they go to work each day, but they don't know why 
and they dig up these crystals and who knows what they do with them there's a yeah there's so many plot holes in this there's so many things that just don't get wrapped up and i don't understand why they even had like a time clock telling them to leave i'm like why why like you have all the diamonds you could possibly want like you don't you can show up whenever you want you don't who is this who who are they for is it for the evil queen so here's the thing when i rewatched this yesterday um I realized that I'd misremembered a plot point, which is I had thought that the dwarves were like, not secret necessarily, but like that the queen didn't know they were there. Like maybe it was outside of the kingdom territory or blah, 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 whatever the case may be. But um, it turns out she fully knows that they're there. Because when they're trying to, when she asked the mirror later on, like, who's the fairest now that I've killed, you know, Snow White? He's like, uh, she's not dead. She's hiding in a house. And she's like, the dwarf got edge. Like, she knows exactly what they're talking about. So she knows that they're there. And it's kind of like, if she knew they were there, like, are they make mining the diamonds for her? But like, it doesn't, it, like, this kingdom must be the richest kingdom in, in history. Because this, I... It makes no sense why they even go there. And like, why do they live in the world's smallest house with like the world's most meager things? You clearly yeah. could have money. But I, I think that they might be slaves. I think you might be right. These dwarves might be the evil queen's slaves. I think they might be because when they get home after Snow White has uh, broken into their home and cleaned it up for them and fallen asleep later okay. on, yeah, but when uh, when finally they start to talking, will they recognize her immediately? Well, when when they start talking, she goes, "I'm Snow White." They don't recognize her face, but they're immediately like, oh, "It's the princess." So they they know who she is. And yeah. then when she says, "The queen is going to kill me," they don't go, "The queen? Why?" They immediately are like, "Yo, oh my god!" So they believe her immediately. So that means there's a precedent for their reaction. Yeah. There's not a lot of people asking questions in this movie. No, and that's because I think that Snow White and the dwarves are both victims of years of abuse at the hands of the queen. Mm -hmm. And in Snow White's particular case, she, her trauma response is fawning. Because you'll notice anytime she's in a particular sense of panic, or if someone seems upset, even if she is freaking the fuck out, she's immediately like, oh, please don't. Like when the huntsman tries to kill her and then immediately starts begging for her forgiveness, she's just like not even mad at him. She's like, why? Why would this happen? And then she runs in the woods and has a panic attack because she's 14 and just escaped a murder attempt. And then unfortunately she goes, oh, and scares the animals instead of just being like, oh, I'm scared, guys. She just goes, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to upset you any and when she goes to bed at night after arriving at the dwarves place she noticed grumpy doesn't like her she literally prays that grumpy will like her her response is just getting people to like her and so then she immediately shows up to these other people who have clearly been oppressed by the queen because the second snow white says that's what happened to her too they were like uh-huh mm, yep checks out yeah i so i see how she could be fawning i'm going to to just say though on the other hand She's also very bossy. Yes, like she, is. she she immediately broke into a house and cleaned it. She also cleaned the entire first level of the house that she broke into before going upstairs and even understanding that there was a second level to the house, which let's not maybe let's not dwell on the fact that why would you just be like, "Oh, wow, there's a second there's level to this stairs. house." Wow, why I are probably there should look stairs. Her. Yeah, that's weird. But then when the dwarves do get there and she explains her existence after they find her sleeping in their beds, 
there then she's just like okay now bitches listen to me i'm going to teach you how to wash and you're going to do things for me like she just takes over i think you're right i think that that's part of her plan of getting in like endearing herself to them and because she cooks she cooks she's like well you have to wash your hands before you eat which i have made your food and i have cleaned everything for you so let's just keep it clean yeah and it's you like, didn't yeah, ask me to do this you did not ask me to do this <laughs> and that's what like so when i was younger i used to be really annoyed by snow white but now that i've um gotten a little bit older and have seen a few tiktoks i've realized that she's just 14 she's very much 14 um that's all i'm that still is. annoyed by her if anything i am the annoyed fact by that her. she's a kid yeah <laughs> but it makes annoyed. sense because when I was younger, you know, you watch this movie when you're five years old. Snow White to you may as well be 53. She's yeah. she's a grown up. But now I'm kind of like, oh, she's a child. Baby yeah. child. But Absolutely. she's not the only one that makes terrible fucking decisions. The evil queen, who is clearly old enough to make decisions, makes ridiculous ones. Like, dude, she, being the drama, ruins all of her plans. Every single one of them. Like, instead of just being like, hey why don't i just put on like a hooded cloak as a disguise she's like i shall make a potion and instead yeah. of being like i'll just go stab her with the knife that i sent the huntsman with it was like no a different death different and explicitly weirdly complicated how and it I has convolute a, this yeah how and can it I make has this the more world's most specific antidote it's not true love's kissed nope not true love's kiss. It is love's first kiss. Oh, see, I even got my Ow. summary wrong. <laughs> Not only that, but no, I almost forgot that too, because I thought it was true love's kiss because yeah. I was thinking, well, that's dumb. So just, just wait for someone to fall in love with her. And then I read it. It was not read it. I saw it. I was like, love's first kiss is so goddamn annoyingly specific. It's true love's kiss from Sleeping Beauty? I guess we'll find out. Oh, God, I guess we'll find out. Because the only thing that's coming into my mind right now is the song from Enchanted. Mm, and I know that it's before that. I, I know, too. Like, and that's why I know it's from somewhere else. But in, in this movie, in this particular yeah. one, it is Love's Fest. Kiss. Well, which the evil queen at first is like, that's not a problem. Which, to be fair, I'm with her because she's like, this bitch 14. Yeah, but <laughs> this bitch 14 and apparently is in love with 30-year-old oh. Princey, who I still think, mm, I don't know. There's there's a lot of this movie that I feel is very gay. Um, the So much. The evil queen is just a drag queen. Like, she is so over the top with everything that she does. And so, like, how can That's I make I this a moment? being yeah. the drama. She's all about being the drama. Every minute. Like, she couldn't just wear a black coke coke she couldn't just wear a black cloak she had to make a potion ingredient one of which the effects was the black the dark of night to black my cloak just change cloaks yeah just... also i'm just gonna argue okay the black of night is really more of like a dark blue it's kind of this a navy. Is super true it is like the darkest of navies yeah because she didn't so... say black of night you're right she said dark of night I got so specific once I got tripped up on that love's first kiss. I started writing down like specific words about stuff. I'm like, oh they're not going to get to me again. But to go back to your super gay thing, I I agree because the first of all, Grumpy is a misogynist. Grumpy is a misogynist. Grumpy is 100% an incel, except because he, he wants 
There's so many moments in the movie where, where he's, ooh, he's Sundere. That's what Grumpy is. He's Sundere. Oh my god, it's been so long since I animated. You're gonna have to remind me what that means. So Sundere is uh, the character who is outwardly hostile ah. towards the character that they have a crush on, and then behind the scenes is like, "But I want you to love me." It's very, um, you know, no, don't. How yep. dare you do things for me? You're such an idiot. But secretly, please give me love and cuddles. And that's how Grumpy is with Snow White, which is again yeah. real creepy because she's a 14 year old child yeah and he's a senior yeah and that doesn't stop any of the other old dwarves from crushing on her hard because at, like we were just talking about her being bossy like the second that they are on her like yeah she's gonna stay and she goes like all right go ahead and wash for dinner and they all except for grumpy immediately do which i'm, I'm not i'm not gonna give them too much grief over that because it's like yeah that's a reasonable suggestion mm-hmm. uh but two things about that number one that was the longest most involved bath in history two they basically waterboard grumpy and three i watched with the subtitles on just to make sure that i get the words correct and i don't know who said it but at one point when they're when, like this is we're following dopey in the, in the viewfinder so he's wrestling with the soaps and off screen someone yells while they're trying to get grumpy in the tub never say die what what <gasps> what what is i did not watch it with the subtitles never say die never say die i was like i was half paying attention and then i saw that and i was like i don't know I did I think my note that it looked like they were drowning Grumpy. So maybe Dude. maybe they were trying to. But also why why were they all Okay, wait, I'm sorry. Rereading my notes here. Um first off, the dwarves are never nudes. That that yeah. got me. They were all bathing with clothes on. But second, if you freeze frame when they sneak up on Grumpy, it looks like they all have back camel toes. Like I don't know if it's balls, but front butt that's on the back but <laughs> it looks real uh, weird i should have asked for a screenshot but i didn't know that was coming listen this is in its infancy i'm i'm sure that will uh yeah if we see <laughs> if we freeze frame weird moments yeah yeah i just and- googled it by the way and it's happy who says it never say die never say die he says it twice oh. i don't understand happy so might be on me- coke they all might be on coke but like because oh my gosh the second they start oh there's what i was going with the misogynistic thing because he was grumpy was like she can't stay or she'll get you with her feminine wiles and then when all the dwarves are like we're gonna go bathe he was like their wiles are working already i was like what is happening here hey hey guys is it gay to bathe so that you smell better like after working in the most populated diamond mine yeah in the history hey, of fiction hey fellas is it gay to be clean it's very that <laughs> but he then willingly participates in the sing-along like he's playing the organ and not just like ting tong ting tong he's full playing he's doing the pipes he's checking things when they're broken playing the right words getting mad when people are not ready for their verses he is into the performance he's like ah. Uh-uh. This isn't just a, mm-mm, we're doing this for real. Yeah. I, I, new theory. It was his idea. I think it was. I Again, like, I think that he's like, guys, I think it'd be really awesome if we did this. But I can't just say that it would be really awesome if we did this because I want to make sure that Snow White thinks that I'm a total asshole. Off camera. He's probably not off camera. There's a scene off camera that we don't get to see where he's like secretly like, next thing you know, you're going to be wanting us to sing for her too. 
Yeah. And then they all go, sing for her. And then he goes, sits at the organ. So I did write a short list of um, when I was about halfway through the movie uh, (laughs) of the things that the dwarves have taught me. Okay. Okay. Because I have one for this list as well. Oh, this is fabulous then. All right. So mine is a list of uh, six things. Okay. One, they have no idea why their job and for who. Oh, no. I really should have made it seven. You know, I I have one. I have one. So that'll be the seventh. Perfect. Perfect. Two. They will blindly follow some child because she's pretty and taller than them. This like is it very, true. it very much reminded me of Invader Zim, where it's like the tallest are the leaders because they're taller. This is and just that's a children's work. Yeah, it really is. You only listen to the tall children. It's the hierarchy of yeah, the, t- the hierarchy of childhood. It's just oh, I have to tilt my head up. <laughs> How bad is my neck crick? Yeah. Um, okay. three. They don't care if their house is taken over because someone will cook for them. Yeah. I mean, I guess like a man thing. Also true, because I think I'd be the same way. I'd be like, oh, I'm a house cat now. Yeah. Four, they have somehow gone through their life never seeing or touching water, but they mine gems. There's (laughs) no way. that they've not seen water yeah there's no but the, but they act so surprised when snow white's trying to get them to bathe that's true they're just like what is this fe- what is this <sighs> yeah um five as we've been discussing grumpy is much worse than i remember like not that i was a like seven dwarf aficionado or anything like that but just he's a he is but then i think maybe about now is when the animators realize that they were making him such a dick because they do do basically a hard 180 at this point yeah but i'll get to that after your list yeah i'm my... writing it down so i don't forget <laughs> so my last thing is six dwarves are horny for princess <laughs> i think that's the theme of like every fantasy thing where there is dwarf and princess yeah my seventh is that Dopey would be an incredible TikTok drummer. He probably would. And I hate, I, I, I wrote that Dopey is unnecessary. Like his entire thing is just completely unnecessary. He's the comic relief character. He is. And I think that this is a sign of the times and also like 100% type of humor because I found 100%. Dopey to be the least entertaining and least funny. Mm-hmm. The only thing I noticed, again, was when they were singing the Silly Song, is that he's a great freaking drummer. Like, he can do a thing where he does a drum roll by throwing, like, ten sticks in the air. And then he'll angle his sleeves to do it again, catch the last one, and hit a cymbal. That's talent, man. That's all I need to know about this musical ensemble. It's like, you're not even that good musically, but you just film that dude. You're good. Fuck Diamond Mines. Well, so the Muppets are a Disney property. I'm surprised true. we haven't seen Dopey and Animal pair up to really just bring the house down. I think people have forgotten that Dopey's a drummer because they're so annoyed by the rest of his existence. But it's so weird because people seem to love the dwarves. I mean, how many really how many do. Walmart shirts have you seen that have some level of like, don't talk to me until I've had my morning my coffee. coffee because I'm grumpy. Yeah. We or don't talk to me because I'm Dopey. We gave one to my dad. I don't remember what it said on it exactly, but it was something like something by nature, grumpy by choice. I don't remember. But yeah, he wears it in the house only. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's where it's most relevant. It's true. Yeah, this this 
I think yeah, at some point they realized that like he was just being too awful because like after this is when they turn him into like quote unquote the smart one because you know when all the dwarves are leaving he's the one he leaves last when they're going to work and he's like don't let anyone in this house he's giving her explicit <laughs> like safety instructions he's like okay here's how we don't do this again because we know you have the propensity to fuck this up stay here and crucially don't allow a companion to follow you so here's where he starts turning around because he's like all right let's just keep this kid safe she's here now she's our responsibility just stay safe until we come back from the 34 minutes of work we have to do to meet our quota can you hang until then that's basically he's turning into the protective one because he's like my brothers are idiots and so is she yeah and then uh later on that's why he's grumpy exactly yes because then later on when um i'm I'm jumping ahead of myself a little bit but it cares into it it plays into his character arc when the woodland stampede arrives at the mines to get the dwarves and all the dwarves are like what the hell is going on he's the only one who's like they're not acting like this for no reason like he doesn't speak animal but he's the one who's like there's clearly something up but it's Sleepy who answers from inside of the mine cart where he is napping, by the way. He wakes up long enough to go, maybe the queen showed up to get the princess, which is the most unlikely thing I would consider. I would say a bunch of animals running in distress, forest fire. Yeah, why Why is that the first thing that comes? It's, ooh, ooh, wait a minute. Maybe Sleepy is um, psychic and he had a dream and in his dream he saw the queen show up and he woke up and was like my vision guys i've had a vision but his visions are so powerful that they keep him so fatigued all the time yeah Ooh, that's why he's so sleepy all the time it's because the visions keep him up mm-hmm. so he tries to tired. sleep but he can't because it's just nightmares of visions oh what a sad existence sad sad life why wasn't doc the smartest of the bunch I googled this. Apparently he... Okay. I looked this up because it annoyed me, and I... It says, Animator Wooly Reitherman said, For the leader, we wanted a special kind of personality. A self-appointed bumbler who tries to take command but gets all tangled up. We called him Doc. It was a good handle for a person in authority, and it suited his personality. What does that mean? What does that mean? Yeah, I must, like... Because I always assumed that he was Doc because he, well, he had the glasses. So we have to assume that he's the smartest because he's the only one to fashion them. But yeah, like I I thought he was a doctor or something like that. I I guess I also kind of assumed, you know, actually, no, I didn't think about what medical school he would have gone to or anything like that to get the nickname of Doc. But I don't fully understand any of these. I want to know why he stuttered because everyone else's names were related to an outward trait. Sneezy, sneezes, grumpy, grouchy, dopey, outwardly problematic. Uh, (laughs) I was trying to think of a nice way to say it and I was like, no, just problematic. Uh, Happy is happy, but it's kind of like Doc. But I guess they couldn't call call him glasses. (laughs) His personality could just be glasses. Glasses. Or just fumbly or bumbly, but that's dumb. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I actually think that Bumbly would have fit in with the rest of these. It definitely like, would have fit name. with everybody else. But they just call him Doc. But he doesn't. He's not actually the leader because Grumpy is the one that, like you mentioned, is is intelligent yeah. enough to tell everyone to think about this. 
just be a little bit more logical. Sneezy doesn't help at all. I mean, that's the other thing. Like, these dwarves' names, only a few of them are descriptive of their purpose in the movie. Grumpy, sleepy, happy, sure. Yeah, and then you have Dopey, who is just descriptive of his entire everything, I guess. Doc. Yeah. Shit, I'm bashful. Bashful and sneezy. Yeah, those are the other two. Mm -hmm. The thing is, though... I this gives further further credence to my theory that these are the slaves of the queen because who would name them such things like she would just meet them and be like they don't have names like that one's just sneezing all the tell sneezy over there to shut up and happy needs to stop singing like I bet they had real names but she kept just calling them that that they just got browbeaten out of their heads like my name used to be Salvatore Montar I was the doctor in my village but now Yeah, can you can you imagine the job interview? Just the queen, just being like, mm, "Hello, so you're you're looking to work in my diamond mines for some and reason he, because you purpose- love it." Exactly, and she keeps like, "Yeah, yes, ma'am, being mm. shy." And I see you say your name is Gimli, and you have a lot of experience with an axe and I don't know a ring. So I guess you're good with with jewelry, but. You sneezed once in this interview, so your name's now Sneezy. Like, just... right. like that's why I think that she and she named Snow White literally too. Like everyone that she's in charge of naming and everyone she refers to is literal Huntsman, Snow White. All these words have literal names. I think that this is because she's been in charge of naming them. Yeah, I mean, do they ever actually say her name in the movie? I don't know. I don't think they she's do. Just so... evil queen. She I has a name. The... Does she? Yeah, she has a name. No, she doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> let me find <laughs> it because I found it and, and I was like, wow, that's her actual name. Her It says name... here, by the way, I just want to let you know before you tell me her name on yes. Wiki, it says the woman's name, Lucia Laverne, as Queen. That's the character's name in the Wiki. <laughs> but what's her real name? Her name is Grimhilda. Queen's better. Was that her the name Queen, in the original story? Queen Grimhilda. Um, I mean, this is on the so I'm looking at it, the evil queen for the Disney movie. Interesting. So this, okay. This was her this was her Disney name. Nice. Okay. She sure. I, I she looks more like a Grimhilda when she's the witch. Evil. Yeah, but, because the whole thing about yeah. her is that like despite Snow White and everything, like the intro to the book even says that, like, this queen is a hot piece of ass. Like, she's supposed to be famed for her beauty across kingdoms. Like, Snow White or no Snow White's, like, she's still supposed to be a hottie. Yeah. I, mean, I think she is. Like, And she is. That's why it's kind of like this whole thing with the Snow White thing kind of is weird. Because also, like, we all know people who physically peaked at 14. <laughs> Give them a few years and suddenly it'll be like, Snow who? right she'll have she'll be back to being her evil beauty again it's kind of like girl you jumped the shark way too soon you jumped the shark on a 14 year old you can't get back from that there's a scene in the dragon prince which is an animated show i really like where it's again like there's a lot of stuff that's excused but there's a scene where a grown-ass adult knocks out a 15 year old by decking her in the face when she's pinned against a wall and i'm like i remember this (laughs) and i'm like listen i get it but that is a very small teenager yeah, that is a very small female teenager, and she was stuck. I, I mean, and also, you know, if the queen just got out of her own head for a moment, she would notice how like she could be her own version of Snow White because 
she has her own forest animals. Rats mm-hmm. were following her around. A uh, raven, Vultures. and Vultures. the raven, the one-eyed raven. Yeah, like she's she could be Snow Black. Well, maybe not. not hmm. I don't know about that, but she could. Pitch black and Snow White. Pitch black and Snow White. Raven, I would watch black, that buddy Snow cop White. movie. Yeah, me too. I think that actually, actually, that sounds like a really weird roller derby comic. Uh, um, I want to I want to touch on one stupid thing before I move on too far from this because it, uh, yeah. the evil queen when she is trying to convince uh Snow White that she needs to get, take this apple, she says it's because apple pies are the th- way to a man's heart, not the gooseberry pie she just made with her own hands. The queen's like, no, 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 you simple bitch, you need some apples if you really want to warm up to a man folk. You know. My thoughts on that are, I actually, I would probably agree that if you were to show a random guy two pies and you said one is apple and one is gooseberry, Mm -hmm. they would probably mostly choose apple because they would have no idea what a gooseberry is. This is true. But I don't think it has anything to do with the fact that like, it's an apple. No, it's familiar. Also, that that makes an even larger question why would the queen push an apple onto Snow White to eat herself if she's like, you need to use this as a baking apple? Yeah. <laughs> but try try it. Try it first. first. Well, try before you buy, maybe. But like, I just, it's just so weird. And it reminds me of a story that my dad told me about like when he was younger and was dating my mom. Um, yeah. Apparently my grandma was trying to get him and one of his friends to take some maple nut ice cream and they didn't want it they were like no thank you i don't want it and her like last ditch attempt to persuade them was to tell them that it's a very manly ice cream flavor and this had that same energy (laughs) this is such a it's 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 such strange old toxic masculinity to say that something is very manly yeah especially something as weird as like an ice cream flavor or a specific kind of pie yeah and then when it's not working by the way because snow white's like i don't want this apple she just switches to being like by the way this isn't just an apple it's a wishing apple it's like you were trying way too hard but then i forgot that snow white's an idiot 14 year old yeah and did you also like catch how um she like the evil queen was like what kind of think about what you want to to wish for and all of that and every time snow white was like trying to think of something and say something the queen just continually interrupted her and was like (laughs) come on come up with something why aren't you coming up with something? Like, I did not actually notice that at all. I was way too distracted by how long it was taking. Oh my God. Yes. Actually, before we, um, going uh-huh. back a little bit, did yes, you please. read all of the books on the uh, witch's uh, shelf when she was making her potion? No, I did not. Okay. So the title of uh, the Evil Queen's books are mm-hmm. Astrology. Okay. Black Arts. Okay alchemy okay witchcraft okay just straight up witchcraft yeah yeah, yeah. i'm okay. okay black magic which <laughs> i'm not sure what the difference is between black arts and black magic um one of them involves more paint yeah that must be it it's also the death edition so i guess <laughs> that's, that that's it um disguises which is ooh, a little bit of fun sorcery she referenced yeah and poisons this is her this is her library of books. She hasn't gotten she hasn't gotten the encyclopedia witch tanica version of uh, necromancy yet. 
oh why her isn't installments haven't come there? in her installments not come in she's only started she's only like seven or eight books <laughs> i can't wait until the door-to-door witch book salesman stops by oh, like geez. you're missing more my lady you are missing more my lady this uh okay one last one okay but after this ridiculous scene when snow white eats the apple and passes out uh, the dwarves show up just as the evil queen is leaving. And there's seven of them, by the way. It's in the movie title, Snow White and mm-hmm. the Seven Dwarves. Why doesn't one of the seven stay behind to, like, check on Snow White? Like, maybe she's not dead yet? They don't know what happened. For all they know, they, like, the evil queen, like, put her head in a bathtub and you could still get her out. She's only passed out. They have no idea what happened. But no, 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 no. All seven of them just go blazing by the house to just chase down the witch yeah not one of them wanted to go in and be like maybe we can save her nope that's a good question nope that's too much forethought in this movie but then they had the forethought to build the weirdest sarcophagus known to man yeah well they had time to do that i mean what was snow white doing just sitting on a bed dying (laughs) so they were like she's not going anywhere let's take our time building this coffin they don't say how long it takes either between that so they might have had that coffin ready to go which then brings to mind how many young girls has come to to this house and died you're actually making a good point because number one they had this ready they must have known this wasn't death this was the living death so she's not really dead that that Mm -hmm. explains the decomp so they had this ready to go number one and then a singing prince just appears and they part and take off the glass and let him through they're like ah here is this part they're like the npcs for a weird quest where they're like here is the part where we do a thing so that the hero may do a kiss yeah you know it really is starting to make me think that this is a whole like weird operation that's going on. The evil queen is the evil queen the might prince. have been pumping them with like Snow White because they also, you know, if, if somebody broke into my house, cleaned, and then started ordering me around and telling me, "Hey, I broke into your house. I'm now going to be sleeping in your bed, and you can go figure your stuff out. Oh, and also get washed up for dinner." I'd be very confused upset like there'd be a lot of emotions going through my head these 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 dwarves were very accepting of everything which makes me think that this has all happened before and this is just the first time that the evil queen died you're probably right because yeah they just run by the door they're like nah 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 she's just living deathing it they are fully ready for the prince to show up yeah this time as you said they they weren't expecting the queen to die but then she did and it was kind of like oh shit we're finally free and then the prince just shows up with his somehow conveniently matching outfit to Snow White's. <laughs> and then just like she appeared cleaned up and just like whirlwind at everyone, she just leaves like Mary Poppins. Yeah. Like. It's. What? Why? This I mean, whole. This, it was just so. I think, all right, I'm putting all of our theories together. The Mm -hmm. queen has been, she's been abusive to everyone for an extremely long time. Yeah. And the prince of a neighboring kingdom is like, hey, I want to marry your daughter, but I actually want it to be 
mutual in quotation marks so help me set the shit up and she's like yeah dude i've done this sim before a bunch of times just gotta like run it like a DD campaign you know what to do go for it pay your fee you're in mm-hmm. so he starts going through and the dwarves who have been systematically abused by her of course are like here it comes again they see the opportunity to kill her so they do and now everyone is free the prince wins. No one has to tell Snow White because she actually likes the guy this time. Like the princess is actually happy about the prince. She seems really into him and every, everyone's happy. I think that's what happened. I, I, yep. That makes this movie more interesting. I think you're right. I think that this is a theme park romance gone wrong. Like they, <laughs> they were building it as a theme park. And like, I also was, was commenting about how they just rushed the ending to this because we haven't oh really talked gosh. about the pacing of this movie besides my summary at the beginning. Oh my god, please just break that down a little bit better than I did because all I've said is that it's just bad, but yeah, but no, you're right because you're it was like the last 15 20 minutes, as you said, the, the last 15 20 minutes of it, they rushed the and ending, like the first two, like, yeah, <laughs> it's like let's set up the plot. And then for some reason, we need tons of footage of dwarves bathing and playing butt organs. And then let's bring back in the plot that actually might have happened in the grim, grim fairy tale. I say as though I've read it. And, right. And then, okay, oh, wait, all right. Let's make sure that Snow White is dead for about 30 minutes before the prince kisses her. And then, okay, everything's great. We're done. Let's not worry at all about how to fix the kingdom. The huntsman. No, no, no is dead everyone is dead as far as we know yeah yeah it it this movie is wild and for as wild as it is only 25 out of its 90 minutes are wild the other 65 minutes are boring stupid songs i just i just realized that the only character that really goes through any level of character development is grumpy Mm mm-hmm yeah. Everyone else is the exact same as they were at the beginning of the movie. Snow White is just as floaty and stupid. Yeah, the queen is just as jealous and mean. Yeah. None of, it's not like Dopey suddenly learns how to like talk, which would have been honestly, it would have redeemed Dopey's character if, at the very if end anything. if he said goodbye along with the other dwarves or something. Yeah, yeah. Sneezy got on some allergy medication. Someone um, found out about Claritin. He finally found finds out about Claritin. Uh, who are the other ones? Uh, Bashful finally gains confidence. Bashful is not even a character in this movie. No, he's just there to be secondary comic relief. And I think he was the one also who was like hiding behind his beard. Yes. Yeah. That was him the whole time. Yeah. Doc never never learns to practice medicine. Nope. Uh, happy <laughs> never understands that sometimes you don't always have to be happy. It's he okay to go... deal with the other side of your feelings. He didn't have the inside um, out arc. No. And Sleepy, Sleepy never gets his restful sleep. He never figures out how to turn off his brain. No, poor thing. Grumpy's ah. the only one. That's only one. This makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and we all use these movies as a template for our childhood <laughs> yay yeah. uh, what so I, I i i know we've been pretty harsh on this movie but i will say something that i genuinely enjoyed yes. was looking at the old animation and the oh, hand-drawn absolutely. backgrounds are so beautiful they're painted with with gouache and it's absolutely amazing um not to use the weird cliche saying, but they don't make them like that anymore. And, and they, they simply don't. You you physically do not make films this way. They really don't. And 
are you uh, are you kind of familiar with the way that the Disney Animation Studios used to run, like the way they used to to handle animation, split up the duties? I don't really know a lot about how the duties were split up and stuff, but I do. I have seen a few behind the um, um, behind the scenes on various animated films where I've seen different clips of like how the technology would come together and stuff. But no, I, I don't know a lot about how it was divided up. I'm sure you're about to tell me because you know you know many things. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so so the way that old Disney Studio used to work um, in the 1930s is it was very much a boys' club. So all of mm-hmm. the actual animators were men. And they no. separated them from the women. The women would be hired uh, to, I think they were called the inking girls. And okay. they were just there to do coloring. They were just yeah. there to, to ink. So they never actually got to to draw anything. But I would argue that the women really give this movie heart because they're the ones who are doing all of those painted backgrounds. I might be mm-hmm. wrong. So Disney fans sure. don't at me. But there's, it's just, it's absolutely gorgeous. But Walt Disney did not like um, the ink and paint girls mixing with the animation boys. Boo. Yeah, he actually put out missives about it. I'm sure. I mean, he was not known to be the world's greatest dude, we're learning. No, but... and it's it's real funny because he married an ink and paint girl. So, so you, they're good enough to fuck, but they're not good enough to respect. Yes, but he would actually okay. put out missives like, don't, don't yeah. fuck them, essentially, for that. like 1930s. Ridiculousness. Uh, the thing that I like about this that I was going to say is that I actually really kind of enjoyed the um, the portrayal of Snow White during the um, attempted murdering by the Huntsman and then the escape into the forest. Mm-hmm. Because what I really liked was the, you know, when I was little, I thought it was hokey, but as an adult, I really enjoy it. Um, where you would see like, she fell into the water and the logs were jumbling around and then they turn into an alligator and she screams and runs away. I thought that was a really good insight into like how the imagination of a child works. Um, because yeah, you know, and all the trees like reaching out yeah, and grabbing exactly. her. Yeah. Right. To us, it's obvious that it's just the wind, but she's so scared and she is so wound up. I wrote in my notes that here that it's in my opinion, she is having a panic attack because she mm-hmm. is just freaking out tunnel vision. So she's seeing all these things and in her mind, they're monsters and horrifying things have to get her and then she screams and collapses and the sun comes out and you realize they were just deer and rabbits who are equally scared of her i really liked that moment a lot actually because number one i thought it was a even for the 30s i actually thought it was a really interesting portrayal of a panic attack yeah like, it is obvious she is freaking out and then in it they use these clever animation and like clever storytelling tricks to show you it's like it's not really a scary thing but she is so so frightened mm-hmm. that everything from a little rabbit to a bird in its nest to a twig is an eldritch terror for her blood and i thought that was a really really well done sequence actually i liked it a lot I was wonder... very complimentary of it in my notes. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that that's a really good sequence, and I wonder, um, I I wonder how much of that was intentional because the sure. trees are otherwise pretty stoic; they're pretty regular trees. Yeah. But when the evil witch is mm-hmm. also running through the forest, those the trees come after her too. Uh, yeah. I called them the molesting trees because they, they were are. a little too handsy. They're very handsy trees. Yeah, but I liked the non-anthropomorphizing anthropomorphizing of it where it's it's it was the animators and storytellers way of being like it's not really turning into a monster but like she it's thinks a monster. It is. yeah right. and it's like and again it's as a kid 
But when I was a kid, I thought they literally did turn into those things. Like I followed that path really well when I was a kid. And again, it's like, I was following that narrative. I was like, of course, that's what, like, in my mind, I was thinking the other way. I was like, oh, you think it's just wood, but it's actually alligators because I was mm-hmm. a kid. And I was like, of course it's scary, but rewatching it literally, like I said yesterday, it was like, that was actually a really good insight into how, you know, number one, when you're a child and your imagination is super active. And number two, when you're in panic mode, yeah. it, it just doesn't matter. And the other thing I noticed too, is that when she eventually quote unquote, like stops running, she's in a clearing. She's somewhere safe and she's just turning around and seeing eyes everywhere because she is freaking out. And again, it was like a really good description of like this level of panic where it's like, if she actually just took a breath, which she does when she cries it out a bit, she would notice she's actually standing in a sunny clearing. Yeah. But everything's a terror when you're, when you're panicking. Yeah, exactly. And that is exactly what happens. And then she collapses and cries, which is kind of what she really needed to do to just get it out of her. Um, And then come back to like, okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I scared everybody. Now what do I do? Now let's go break into this house. <laughs> this house. It looks pretty nice. Action. Now that I'm no longer panicking, panicking. I'm in an insane place. I think it's time for me to, to commit, commit a crimes. little breaking and entering. Yeah. Now for the crime. Uh, so I know that, that this is our very first episode, but uh, I'm wondering how much structure we want to give to these. Like, do we want to try to... um do a favorite part because i know the rest of it is probably going to be mostly us shitting on the movie we could do that i was about to say i was like we could actually try to wrap it up right about now and because we haven't a we are we are gonna stock film but we could wrap up with like a favorite part uh if you want but i will say that was my favorite part i think oh yeah that was mine as well like the the yeah that's that's what i meant like do we want to try to add that at the end well, this is the this medium. Uh, I gave you all my thoughts on the panic attack scene, but do you have anything? What did you th- like? Why is it your favorite? I, I told you why it's mine. Um. Well, so that's not my favorite scene. My favorite thing was oh. the backgrounds. Oh. Yeah. My yeah. favorite thing is the way that all of this is animated and just being yes. able to look at the old animation and like um, the way that they were animating hands, especially too, was very gorgeous. It was very uh, mm-hmm. flowy and and I could see a lot of the um inspiration from the real life 14 year old girl showing up Mm -hmm. Uh, and i also this just kind of tickled me being able to watch an old movie in 4-3 and then seeing at the end the the great announcement that it was filmed in technicolor Ah! yeah i love that kind of stuff where it's just it just shows you that we've come such an interesting way in technology where it's like that used to be the pinnacle that used to be like in the same way that you see old movie theaters were like now with ac like you don't yeah. even mention that buildings have ac anymore because if they don't that's when you announce it yeah they might as well have just said now with audio too at that stage <laughs> i think i'm gonna start doing that every time it's like oh what's your podcast about oh it's got audio yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's not just a visual podcast not just it's, a visual. Not. it's actually not visual at all uh Gally, any other thoughts on snow white before we go and tear up another movie my last thoughts are i think it is worth re-watching it if you have not seen snow white in a long time because it's probably going to break your rose-colored perception of what this movie was about um but i do re- recommend watching the first 10 minutes then watching uh up until the last 10 minutes it on two times the speed because <laughs> i don't think you're gonna lose much and frankly watching the dwarves do their dance 
a little bit faster is just going to make that entire section more tolerable. And if anyone's wondering what all that noise was, I am attempting to do a sped up dance in the background. Ooh, I like this. Let's end on uh, whether or not we recommend or don't recommend this movie. So you do recommend this movie. I I recommend it. I don't recommend it. I thought it was boring. I don't think that the 30 minutes of action justify the 90 minutes of screen time. I think that the songs have now become so iconic. You can watch them independently and you don't need to um, revisit the film. And I think if you do want to revisit the film, you should watch it with other people so you can run your own riff tracks. Yes. So Galley recommends, Alexia does not recommend Snow White. So we're coming out, we're coming out neutral on this one. Well, I recommend watching it so that you can remember how terrible it was. (laughs) I say skip it altogether because it's boring. But, you know, I think I'm going to be not recommending a lot of movies just because they're boring. Like, I I, this this is going to be a theme with me. (laughs) Yeah, this is. ooh. Oh, well. Oh, well. Let's not ask our grandparents about this. (laughs) No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, All right. Bye, everybody. Damsels Who Discuss is created and produced by Crow's Nest's podcast. Your hosts are Gally Articola and Alexia Thurumalai. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash damsels who discuss all one word. On Instagram at instagram.com slash damsels who discuss all one word again. And on Twitter at twitter.com slash damsels who disco because Twitter has a character limit. Or you can also email us at damsels who discuss at gmail.com. So long, Glamour Boys! So long, Glamour Boys. (laughs) 